Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Convention season is almost here, and with convention season, something very special happens as well. We are preparing for the national offering. Joining us today, the Reverend Kevin Robson, Chief Mission Officer for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Kevin, welcome back. Andy and Sarah, it's good to be with you and with all the great listeners at KFUO. We always enjoy our chats with you. Also alongside Kevin, we have Mark Hoffman, Executive Director for LCMS Mission Advancement. Mark, good morning. Good morning. Great to have you in studio today. And we are going to learn about the national offering. I, you know, I don't know if we've talked about national offering at length before. We might have mentioned it briefly in a few conversations before. But what is the national offering? Well, the national offering is just another opportunity for God's people to focus love for Jesus and their charitable giving on something special. And it's connected to the national gathering of delegates for the convention. So how has this functioned in the past? What have past national offerings gone towards or supported? Well, the last couple of national offerings, we've presented opportunities for individuals, groups, congregations to pick something that was very special in their heart, kind of a menu. And for this particular national offering, we've changed that to a singular focus, and we can get into that a little bit. So is this, just to to clarify for people who have never heard of a national offering before, is this something that happens every convention year? It's in every convention cycle, and it actually runs for the full three years of the triennium. So we're actually closing out the 2019 offering and ending that, and now opening up the next three-year cycle. Okay. So what... Let me, instead of what, I should say, why? (laughs) Why have a national offering? Congregations gather offerings regularly every week for the Lord's work. Um, Why specifically a national offering? Certainly that cycle, Andy and Sarah, corresponds with our gathering together as a church body in convention where we decide things together Mm -hmm. and presumably walk out of the convention hall with a sense of unity and purpose, harmony around some commonly established objectives. So as we think about the convention coming up in Milwaukee this summer, we're looking forward to giving the delegates an opportunity and a voice to say, yes, we stand united around a very important purpose as we've envisioned it for this particular offering coming up over the coming triennium. All right. So this coming national offering, what is this one going to be for? Mark, you said this one is different. Uh, What is this going to be? Maybe I I could take a crack at that. What we're going to be looking at is providing uh, the resources that will be used to project the church's mission and ministry in languages other than English. Now, you think of our missionaries, these who are already working verbally, textually, in all sorts of different human languages. But one of the things our synod is particularly well-suited to do is to produce theological resources, congregational and district resources, to extend mission and ministry in virtually every corner of the world that we're working, including here in the United States. But most of our work is done, in, at least in print and, and media, 
in English. And we're seeing, and of course, this is no secret, everybody in our congregations and districts here in the U.S., the 6,000 congregations and all of our schools, see vast opportunities to reach out to those ethnic immigrant groups here in the United States in particular who work daily and converse and communicate in languages other than English. When we talk about a national offering and putting it to use in in such a great way to resources that will reach people in languages, in in addition to English, languages that, that they speak and use every day, their heart languages, some might have the question of how... How are we, how is this, the, the offering or the money handled? Is it, is it responsible? How are those dollars being utilized? I mean, we know that they, they bring about those things that, that we're aiming for, but does it cost money to make that happen? Oh, sure. <laughs> you know, to, to, to get to that process. Yeah. And there's, there's mechanics that happen that the Senate, that it, where we incur some costs to do that. One of the goals this time around is that we want to, we want to be mindful about how much are we actually pouring into that? Mm-hmm. So for example, the component of this, that will be congregations, the, the individual members, gathering together and and giving actually their offering to their congregation so the congregation can voice support for this. In the past, we've produced packets and mailing materials and promotional materials and and thousands of dollars going into that. Well, this time around, we're, we're going to try this where we simply give some instructions in the least expensive way possible and let the congregation choose how exactly they want to convey that offering to do the work. So there's not going to be a big mailing to congregations with the envelope in it and the instructions. There will be online instructions. We're going to provide phone numbers. If people have questions, there will be a low-cost postcard that goes out. But we're really trying to prevent dollars from going to that stuff rather than going to the production of these resources that are so important. When it comes to to people who we have a, a personal connection to and a relationship, yes, we're going we're gonna to send them an invitation to participate because we know they love that. But for people who don't have a history of connecting to the Synod and, and doing voluntary charitable gifts personally to the Synod, we need to get information out to them to say, you're important to this, and so here's how, they, how you can participate. And it could be something as simple as here's a text to get instruction. So that's a goal here is... We, we want to be good stewards of those gifts. So how does this how does this work? How will this work? What is the time frame? How are people going to be able to give all of those, well, all those the, good details? Well, the preliminary resources are starting to come out now. So no, there, there's a national <laughs> offering website, a webpage that will provide information. That's the place where congregations can go to get guidance and instructions on you know, how do you want us to do this? We are planning to send some preliminary postcards out to convention delegates to say, don't forget, you know, bring the national offering from your congregations in your circuit to the convention for the opening worship service. There will be really a, a pretty heavy push that in March and then continues through April and May so that when we get to the convention, we can joyfully share the news that God's people have already responded with, you know, X amount of dollars to do this important work. Then the the offering at the opening worship service of the convention where delegates are there and visitors are there, that offering will go toward this work, the national offering project. And then we'll continue to convey this after the convention and invite people to, as the Lord allows, and I'm going to make that very clear, as the Lord makes possible, if this is something that's on your heart, here's how you can personally participate. So it's a whole series of things that could, if we're not careful, get to be 
expensive, and mm-hmm. we're really trying to be mindful about that. What are the the different means or ways or methods to to give to the national offering? Well, the there are, there are a number of ways. So the first thing is people can respond when their congregation says we're collecting for the national offering. That's a personal gift, a household gift to the congregation so that the congregation can voice its support for the work. Then you get to, I did that with my congregation, but I'd personally like to make my own gift to the national offering. So I can do that by check, which is how most people will give. I can give online, and there will be an online donation form. I can use modern newfangled technology like text to give to do that. And if someone has something really special in mind, there's a toll-free number, and they can call us and say, here's what I'm thinking, how would I do that? And that gets to be much more personal. If, if somebody, for example, had a very good corn harvest, and they want to donate corn, there's actually a way to donate the corn. But we don't promote that broadly, because I have no idea who in the world is going to give corn. So there's a number that somebody could call, and we can say, well, if that's what you want to do, here's how we can help you get that done. Mark, didn't you see that big silo that we're constructing just outside the International Center? <laughs> here yeah just for the corn offering just for the corn we, we will provide a link with the program notes today as well to the national offering site so that the, that our listeners can find those ways to donate online by phone by text or by mail as well and certainly through their own through their local congregation as we prepare for the convention let's go back more to the why of the the national offering and what it means to be synod what it means to be a synod and, and to gather together an offering like this or to do anything together as synod. Well, you know, the convention theme, this triennium coming up here this summer is we preach Christ crucified. And this national offering is one more manifestation of the we together, that we are a church body mm-hmm. who gathers around the word and sacraments, the life-giving gospel of Jesus Christ, crucified for our sins, raised for our justification. And this is just one more embodiment of our purpose together, walking the same road together as a synod, our intention to make Christ known to the very ends of the earth in languages that people themselves can receive that gospel and understand it. What is that witness then to the people who are in the congregations that maybe don't have a whole lot of interaction directly with, with us as synod, but what is the witness of something like this to those people? Well, again, I think it's just one more way of expressing, Sarah, our desire to see, have people in our congregations see themselves not only as the local manifestation of the body of Christ gathered around an altar and a pulpit and a font, but to remind all of us, including me, mm-hmm. that I'm part of something far more larger than that. And what a gift God has given to us in our church body that we're gathered together. We're a bunch of poor, miserable sinners. By no means is anybody here perfect. And that's not the purpose of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod to blow our horn and puff out our chests. What we really need to do is get on our knees and continue to thank God in all humility for the grace that he has poured out on us in the truthful confession of his word and the abundant resources that come through the saints of the church that they are expressing in a very personal way and yet connected to this far larger body. I'm in this. I want to see this happen the very truth that has transformed my life, taken me from death to life. I want to see that happen in other people's lives as well. 
the national offering. You can learn more about it at lcms.org. We'll provide the direct link to the convention and the national offering there as well. To prepare for this, now is a good time. If you haven't heard about it in your congregation, start talking with your pastor, president of your congregation about the national offering. Right, Mark? Absolutely. And pray. I think the greatest thing that the church can do going into this is to speak with our Heavenly Father and say, Lord, what's your will for us? And I think, too, one of the possibilities of this national offering is in those people who for whom English is not their first language, to see the LCMS come together and do the hard work of putting God's Word into a language that's easy for them to understand, and the effect that that will have, showing the love that this church body has for people who are not English speakers. Mark Hoffman, Executive Director, LCMS Mission Advancement. Mark, thanks for being our guest. Thank you. The Reverend Kevin Robson, the Chief Mission Officer of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Kevin, thanks so much. Always a delight to be with you. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Uh,